Okay, you can take your fastest time and your slowest time, and you add those together and divide by two, and you have your average time. Isn't that right? Isn't that how that works? I think that's how that works. That's important, because that's what we ought to talk about today on the pod. Everybody, welcome to a special edition. It's not really special. I just thought it would, if I said that, it would sound really cool. Welcome to a special edition of the Pre-Accident Podcast. I am the host of the podcast show. I think you know me by now. Unless, unless oddly, this would be your first podcast, which, uh, welcome, first of all. I'm glad you're here. What a weird place to jump in. But yeah, I'm glad you're here. I am the host of the podcast, and you can call me Todd. Although my friends call me Todd. That's what they call me. So today is an interesting day because why not? Might as well have interesting days. Goodness me, we certainly have had an interesting past couple of years. Every day gets more and more interesting. Politically, it's crazy. Economically, it's crazy. Just name it. It's probably gone topsy-turvy. It's gone upside down. It's, it's bizarre. But, you know, that's the cards were dealt. So we've got a couple choices, either collapse into a ball into the fetal position or boldly charge ahead and keep everything moving forward. Sort of the poetic principle, right? The the notion that we always want to do things that ultimately make the world a better place. That's a pretty good rule. I mean, I think about that all the time. Good work done well for the right reasons. You've heard all these things. That's a part of the podcast, but it still puts you in a weird position and, uh, we're constantly dealing with sort of what's ahead. What'll happen next? What am I going to do? Where does this all lead us? And that is a kind of an exciting part of what happens. As for me, uh, you know, it just gets more and more exciting. Got a big birthday coming up. So that'll be quite a celebratory event. Uh, save your cards and letters. We'll talk more about it, but, uh, that's happening. It's getting kind of cold and windy. So bike riding is less, Char- is it less charming? It's definitely less. It's it's definitely more windy, which I guess probably equates into less char- charming. But I'm still going out there, still boldly trying to stay on it uh, every day I can. That's meaningful as well. And it seems like it seems like we're all just out there working diligently to do the work we do. And I guess that's a good thing. I mean, it's something to be bold about. It's it's. I think the the big lesson that I keep coming back to is this idea of deliberately striving to improve. The, the, again, kind of back to the poetic principle, deliberately trying to make the world a better place. And knowing that everything has a lesson to teach you, which sounds weirdly Pollyanna-ish and kind of, uh, I don't know, like a Hallmark Hall of Fame card show sort of thing. But in fact, I really do think that's an important part of the process, a big part of the process. And I've had lots of conversations recently. In fact, a bunch are coming up where I've talked to people who I respect, who I think know things, and I've asked them, you know, what's next look like for you? What do you see? And it's so interesting because the world has really changed. Um, The gig economy, or I heard somebody the other day call it the hustle economy. You're seeing workers less identified for long-term opportunities and organizations. There's 
shorter term or people have more jobs. I mean, you know all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not telling you anything. But it puts us into a really interesting position. And that position is, is we're constantly, and I think quite purposely, trying to build enough capacity in what we do so that we can actually handle what we don't know is going to come next. And for that, I guess maybe what I'd say is you ought to feel proud. I, I think it's okay to feel like, you know, wow, I, I've, I am resilient. I can take what life throws at me. I can take what life throws at my organization. And I can actually move forward and keep things happening. Keep work being done well. And if that's the case, then we're in a pretty good position. But you see it. Like I'm, my current experience, you know, every year I do experiments. I do all these experiments. My current experiment is I'm trying to say hi to everybody I see. So if I pass you on the street or if I pass you on a sidewalk or if I see you in a store, I, I just say, how you doing? How's it going? How you doing? Hi, hi, hi. And I've been sort of loosely not, this is not some kind of weird obsession, but loosely keeping track of what happens. Now, to be honest, I think some of my experiment is is around this notion of intervening and being pleasant before people can be mean. And I'm just trying to, I'm just, I'm going to be kind first, which my theory is, and I'm collecting data on this, that if you're kind first, then the people will be kind back to you because it's really hard for them to be not kind if you've been kind. And I'm keeping this running total of how this works. And what I've found, and this is, at least to me, somewhat interesting, is about one out of every 100 encounters I have with people are not pleasant. Now, I would love to baseline that on something, but I think I'm afraid I might be doing the baseline now, which means I've got to do this stupid experiment again in a couple years to see if that changes, if it increases or decreases. But that one out of every 100 has been very interesting to think about because to be honest, this last couple of years, I've encountered some, what would you call it? Uh, some buttholishness in people in places that I had never encountered it before, like on planes and people were angry and it's just lots of weird stuff. It It almost felt to me like it was okay to be, uncivil, to be rude. And that's why I started this idea, well, maybe I'm going to approach them first with pleasantness to increase engagement because the idea that you get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar seems to hold true here. And then I started to keep track because I became really curious, well, how often do I actually interface with people who aren't pleasant? And that's actually been pretty interesting. Now, the scary thing is that if I do it again in two years, it means I have to do it again, which uh, maybe it won't be bad. I mean, I, it just seems like it's kind of repetitious. But if I do it again, it'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I guess the quick answer is maybe I'm asking for your help and didn't know it. Why don't you give me a count of how many negative encounters you have versus non-negative encounters? Not that I think the negative encounters are, are very interesting. They're not. It's just interesting to me on how rare they are in relationship with the not negative encounters, which kind of takes us to the topic of today's pod. 
because today I've been asked to talk to you guys directly about the idea of why it's important to understand the average, why it's important to learn from everyday work, or sometimes people call it normal work or typical work. I kind of prefer this idea of everyday work. Why is it important for us to take lessons from that? And that is, in fact, the very thing I want to talk to you guys about, because I think that's worth some time in the scheme of things as we move through the pod. So sit back and relax, and let's see what we come up when we think about this idea of understanding everyday work. It seems stupid to me that in our historic understanding of safety management, we've usually studied accidents to try to define what normal work looks like. That's always seemed backwards at a fundamental level, kind of ridiculous in a way, but that's how we did it. When in reality, the premise that I think Eric Hollingle makes beautifully is that we ought to not study how work goes wrong, but in study how work goes well. Because in understanding how work goes well, we have the opportunity actually in a preventative way, in an in a intervention way, to look at and manage the work we do and the systems we have, no matter where we are in the organization, based upon what normal looks like, what everyday work looks like. Because everyday work is where things happen. In fact, you spend the vast majority of your time in everyday work. In fact, the number of successes you have measured against the numbers of failures you have is quite remarkable. You have many more successes than you have failures. And so it seems like tapping into everyday work is a much healthier way to actually understand what's really happening when work gets done. And we don't wait for the extremes, the the edges, either the super high successes or the super low failures to try to imagine and describe what everyday work looks like. Because not every day is the best day. And thank goodness, not every day is the worst day. In fact, most days are simply that, just days. And the ability to capture this information, I think it's traditionally scared us because we think, well, if nothing interesting happens, then clearly nothing interesting has happened. But that's actually the point where the new thinking in safety has really helped us understand that that simply is not true. That belief that because there is no smoke, there'll be no fire, because nothing interesting has happened, nothing interesting is happening, that belief is fundamentally wrong. Because workers every single day are doing something that's really important for us to think about, and that is they're actually completing the last steps of the work design. They're bringing all the individual parts of the processes and systems that make up your organization together in one spot to accomplish work. Whether they're on a pole somewhere in the middle of a storm, helping with storm recovery, or making plates of steel, or building potato chips, whatever they do, 
that moment in time where they touch the work, all of the organization's systems come together. And if you think about it, the opportunity to look at it in an everyday way is actually relatively special because it allows us to see what typical work looks like, what typical challenges feel like, what typical conflict happens, what typical pressures and stress and joys and celebrations exist in that work every single day, all day long. And capturing that idea of this everyday work is a challenge because the data you're going to collect is huge. It's gigantic because mostly things don't go wrong. And so mostly all work is kind of typical work. And we know that's true just if we look at the numbers. That's how numbers work out. But I would challenge our thinking there. It's not that we want to collect massive amounts of data that we can track and trend and make decisions on. I'm not sure that's the data that's very valuable to us. Although many of our safety systems were hinged around the idea that if you track injuries, you can use artificial intelligence, trend injuries, and predict where the next accident is. I'm not sure that's true. But I do think the ability to engage in conversations about what everyday work looks like allows us the opportunity to ask some pretty important questions in a way that is not only timely, but also, I think, especially meaningful to not only the workers, but the organization in which the workers work. We can ask questions that are simple questions, but they're important ones. What's the best practice we have here? What's the worst practice we have here? What's the best regulation we have? What's the worst regulation? Where do we do things that make no sense? Where do we do things where we're rushed? Where do we do things where there's no way we could succeed if it weren't, the, it weren't for the extra effort of the workers doing the work? And finding those things out, not based upon an accident, because that's too late. In fact, it's about a day late and a dollar short. Or not even based upon an especially interesting success, although I find studying success very interesting, but probably I find it interesting because it's more fun than studying failure. But based upon typical work, that allows us the opportunity to actually understand how work is being completed, how work is happening in the work we do on a daily basis. And what it really allows us to do is to have a, a secret snapshot, a snapshot we would normally not get, into the normal variability that exists in a process, the normal challenges the normal hurdles, the normal things that workers have to work with that are so normal they don't even seem interesting or special, and so the workers don't talk about them as if they were interesting or special. The ability to captivate and understand everyday work, in a way, is a data set that's always existed, but I think there was fear of not only the amount of information that was potentially there, but also I think there was direct fear in the realization that if we rock the apple cart, something bad will happen. If we intervene and ask how normal work looks, it may be the seeds to creating the next failure or creating distrust or mistrust or whatever word is best used there. This idea of studying typical work is exactly the challenge we want to think about. And, and I would actually offer 
that question to you. How knowledgeable are you on how work is done every day? How much do you know and how much can you actually use to create strategic advantage for the organization and the work it does based upon your ability to talk about average work, when work happens? And that sort of ultimately brings us to the question that I think is the most powerful safety question I've heard in a long time. And it's a simple question, and we've talked about it before, but the question is, is what's happening when nothing bad is happening? And there are really two ways to look at this. There's the classic sort of traditional view, which not to add fuel to the fire, but I would call a deficit-based understanding of everyday work. And then there's actually the more modern view, the different view, the human performance view, which actually is probably more of an appreciative base of understanding work. And, and what's interesting is that when you ask what's happening when nothing bad's happening, part of the group that you talk to is going to tell you, we're going to get lazy, we're going to get complacent, we're going to get inattentive, we're going to actually relax our systems, we're going to let our guard down, we're going to lose or reduce awareness. All of those things are reductionist. They're all deficit statements. They're things that aren't going to happen, right? We're not going to pay attention. We're not going to be fully engaged in the work we do. And all of those things very well may be true because here's what we know. A stable system does not require a lot of extra attention. Complacency is not a behavioral choice. Complacency is not a behavioral flaw. Complacency is a logical outcome of a stable system. The more system, the more stable your system is, the less attention your system requires from the operator. That's just normal. I mean, that's, that's how it works. And that actually puts us in a position where when we see the answer to the question, what's happening when nothing bad's happening, as a deficit-based decision, I would challenge us that that probably is a piece of data for the way the organization and its culture thinks about managing reliable performance. But if you ask the question, what's happening when nothing bad's happening, and you get this answer, our processes are working, our practices are working, our training and qualification is working, we have good people adaptively making sense of the world in a slow and steady way in order to successfully do work in a highly, invariable, highly variable environment, that answer is actually much more appreciative. Do you see the difference? There's, there's a huge difference there. One talks about something that isn't happening. The other talks about something that is happening. And that difference, well, I think that difference is what I would draw on when asked about why we should learn from everyday work. It, it, we should learn from everyday work because it allows us to understand how work is done. But we should be hyper aware that we need to learn from everyday work not by going out and auditing for deficiency. We ought to learn for everyday work by going out and validating the presence of capacity. Well, let's talk about how we do that. Because simply going into the field 
and observing work, um, which is a method we've used traditionally for years and years and years, is actually a pretty aggressive intervention. In fact, just going in the field to observe work feels a little bit like, not punishment, but it feels a little bit like that we should be on our extra good behavior. Santa's watching, if that reference isn't too uh, far out in October. And it's not. It's not too far out in October. It's valuable to understand uh, an idea. Uh, The way we think about managing the future, the way we think about managing safety, influences how we manage safety. So our vision of the future always influences our actions in the present. And so we have to be hyper careful that we're actually recognizing the adaptive expertise of the workers in the field. And one of the things about understanding um, everyday work is that it allows us the ability to actually shift that focus in kind of the safety differently human performance way so that the worker's no longer the problem to be fixed but in fact the worker becomes part of the solution, part of the problem-solving team. And the worker actually brings forth their expertise in how they understand not only how the work is done, the blue line, black line story, but they also dramatically help us describe where our systems are especially robust and meaningful and effective and where our systems are less than robust, less than meaningful, and where our systems are crap. Right, I was trying to be nice saying that, and and that that actually really puts us in an interesting position because it 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 allows us f- from having a discussion which traditionally was the discussion we would have, which is we would ask what is not working, or we would go out to discover what is not working. Now, what we're going to go out and do is really engage workers in a discussion around what is working. And, and how does work happen? And we're going to learn about operations when operations are at their normal, not when they're in their worst, but when they're actually functioning the way we want operations to function. That idea, I think, is powerful when you think about the idea of learning from everyday work. But what it allows us to do is really get a jump on uh, the, the ability for the organization to be smarter. We don't have to wait for something bad to happen to learn that there was bad things in the system that allowed the bad thing to happen. We're actually identifying those weak signal indicators before they have consequence. And then from those weak signal indicators, that's when we're making a difference. That's when we're making things better. That idea is remarkably important to what we think about. And that's where we want to be in our thinking. Why we learn from everyday work is because everyday work is what we do most often. And it's in everyday work where potential failure lives. It's in everyday work where fatalities live. It's not the high-risk work. It's not the super critical work. It's not the special work. It's not our best work or probably not even our worst work. It's everyday work. And that snapshot is frightening as I think it was initially to people, the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. And the good news is, is that it all doesn't fall on your shoulders, that you have experts in everyday work, typical work, that live in the field doing that everyday typical work all day long. That is, in my mind, 
how we move forward and and why this is so significant and important and why guys like Eric Hallnagel um, talk about this all the time is because this is where we have to be. We're better when we understand everyday work. And we know that. I'm not selling you on that idea because you already know it. Our job is to go out and find out how to do that. And that's when things like learning teams and engaged workers and grassroots safety committees, there's a lot of ways we can get that data and manage it and allow the data to prioritize itself. That'll help us move forward and, and make a huge difference. So that really is the discussion we want to have about learning from everyday work. Okay, so where does this all leave us? Why am I asking why? Because I'm not a big why guy. I'm a how guy. I'm interested in the conditions present to make success necessary, right? Well, the quick answer is is that now we're talking about intent. And the intent we want to look at is how work is done every day. And the ability to understand what conditions exist every day to allow success to happen, that's knowable information. We can all get it. It's there for us. It's, it's just waiting for us. It's, it's part of the journey. And so this podcast, by request, I would not just sit and do this on purpose for fun, by request, I think is an interesting discussion for a Saturday on this idea of understanding everyday work. Because everyday work's what we do. We mostly are successful. We mostly detect and correct problems before they have consequence. We mostly adaptively solve problems in complex environments with much variability. And we're good at it. And celebrating that and understanding that and talking about it, that's a big part of what happens next. If we want to move to the next step, we have to no longer spend our time waiting for failure to happen and then understanding failure. Describing normal based upon some horrible event is not a good technique. We have to understand everyday work by understanding everyday work. That's the pod, as weird as this one is. Learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. I hope this provoked some thought. That's what I want. Check in on one another. I can't talk now. Be kind to each other. Check in on one another. Got it out there. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. Thanks. (laughs) 